This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You are listening to episode 143, part four, ladies and gentlemen, part four. And we are in the process of working our way through the Atlantic.com article from 2000. Goes on to say this requirement, the manifesto continues, has given rise to a social infrastructure dedicated to modifying behavior. This infrastructure includes an array of government agencies with ever-expanding police powers, an out-of-control regulatory system that encourages the limitless multiplication of laws, an education establishment that stresses conformism, ubiquitous television networks whose fare is essentially an electronic form of value and a medical and psychological establishment that promotes the indiscriminate use of mind-altering drugs. Since the system threatens humanity's survival and cannot be reformed, Kaczynski argued it must be destroyed. Indeed, the system will probably collapse on its own when the weight of human suffering it creates becomes unbearable. I, I think, honestly, we will reach that point, folks. I don't know how far they can take the technocracy before the system collapses, which which may be, honestly, why they would try to depopulate. But if they rush that and people start dropping, who knows? The folks may revolt against the system. It goes on to say, but the longer it persists, the more devastating will be the ultimate collapse. Hence, quote, revolutionaries, end quote, like the Unabomber, quote, by hastening the onset of the breakdown, will be reducing the extent of the disaster, end quote. Quote, we have no illusions about the feasibility of creating a new ideal form of society, end quote, Kaczynski wrote, quote, our goal is only to destroy the existing form of society, end quote. But this movement does have a further goal. It is to protect, quote, wild nature, end quote, which is the opposite of technology. Admittedly, quote, eliminating industrial society, end quote, may have some, quote, negative consequences, end quote. But, quote, well, you can't eat your cake and have it too, end quote. I think the author actually does a a fair job of summarizing uh, the paper. It goes on to say the Unabomber's Manifesto was greeted in 1995 by many thoughtful people as a work of genius, or at least uh, profundity, and as uh, quite sane. 
In the New York Times, the environmental writer Kirkpatrick Sale wrote that the Unabomber, quote, is a rational man, and his principal beliefs are, if hardly mainstream, entirely reasonable, end quote. In The Nation, Sale declared that the manifesto's first sentence, quote, is absolutely crucial for the American public to understand and ought to be on the forefront of the nation's political agenda, end quote. The science writer Robert Wright observed in Time magazine, quote, there's a little bit of the Unabomber in most of us, end quote. An essay in The New Yorker by Cynthia Ozick described the Unabomber as America's, quote, own Raskolnikov, uh, the appealing, appalling, and disturbingly visionary murderer of crime and punishment, uh, Dostoevsky's masterwork of 1866, end quote. Ozick called the Unabomber a, quote, philosophical criminal of exceptional intelligence and humanitarian purpose who is driven to commit murder out of an uncompromising idealism, end quote. Sites devoted to the Unabomber multiplied on the Internet. The Church of Euthanasia Freedom Club unpacked the Unabomber Political Action Committee, Alt-Fan Unabomber, uh, Chuck's Unibom page, Redacted.com, Metroactive, and Steve Howe's Rest Stop. The University of Colorado hosted a panel titled The Unabomber Had a Point. <laughs> By 1997, however, when Kaczynski's trial opened, the view had shifted. See, this, this is the point, folks. This is the point. You're now taking something that was seen as very sane, uh, driving people towards nature, and now attaching it to uh, the murderous crazed madman. So by 1997, however, when Kaczynski's trial opened, the view had shifted. Although psychiatrists for the prosecution continued to cite the manifesto as proof of Kaczynski's sanity, experts for the defense and many in the media now viewed it as a symptom and a product of severe mental illness. See, this is how they shifted people away. This is typical uh, gaslighting and psychological warfare. It's like with, uh, I, I don't want to give any uh, cases today. I don't want to talk about Donald Trump. But you bring everyone up, right? And you're actually seeing this going on with COVID Land, the high school theater production right now and the vaccines. But you bring everyone up. And then you basically tell them they're crazy. Like, here's this manifesto. You all love it. It's fantastic. All these writers are saying it's great. It's so fantastic. Oh, you're crazy if you believe in it because the messenger is crazy. Look at all these horrible things that he did. And that's how you destroy the revolution against the system. It goes on to say the document they argued revealed a paranoid mind. During the trial, the press frequently quoted legal experts who attested to Kaczynski's insanity. Gerald Lefcourt then the president of National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers said the defendant was, quote, obviously disturbed, end quote. Donald Heller, a former federal prosecutor, said, quote, this guy is not playing with a full deck, end quote. The writer Maggie Scarf suggested in The New Republic that Kaczynski suffered from, quote, narcissistic personality disorder, end quote. Michael Mello, a professor of Vermont Law School, is the author of The United States of America versus Theodore John Kaczynski. He and William Finnegan, a writer for The New Yorker, have suggested that Kaczynski's brother David, his mother Wanda, and their lawyer, Tony Basigli, along with Kaczynski's defense attorneys, persuaded many in the media to portray Kaczynski as a paranoid schizophrenic. To a degree, this is true. Anxious to save Kaczynski from execution, 
David and Wanda gave a succession of interviews from 1996 onward to the Washington Post, the New York Times, and 60 Minutes, among other outlets, in which they sought to portray Krasinski as a mentally disturbed and pathologically antisocial since childhood. Meanwhile, against his wishes and without his knowledge, Kaczynski insists his attorneys launched a mental health defense for their client. See, guys, this is how they orchestrate the teardown, not of Kaczynski, but the teardown of the actual work itself. So that's why I'm saying with one of my scenarios, was Kaczynski a patsy for this i don't know did someone else write it and then they attach it to this crazy guy was he some sort of a mind-controlled messenger is this about revelation of methods where the elites publish the methods and then they basically tarnish the exposing of the methods by attaching it to a crazed murderous madman and then basically people turn away from the ideas of separating from nature. I find it to be interesting. I'm going to do further research on this, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that there were a number of books coming out around the same time that were starting to expose the overall technocratic system. And then this happens, and you have like the paper that, that talks about it all. It warns about all of it. It's the Bible of nature versus technology. And then you attach it to this guy and you run this madman campaign all over the controlled media to say that he's crazy. And then it turns everyone away from the paper. Plus, again, it's psychological warfare because you have a one to two year period where folks read it and they go, this is amazing. We need to talk about this. We need to tear down the technocracy. And then you turn around and clobber them over the head and you go, listen, you were reading the writings of a crazed madman how dare you and then people just drop the idea altogether because if you went out and tried to explain it to someone your neighbor your friend your family member they would just say to you what are you some kind of a ted kaczynski unabomber fan it's sort of like taking real issues and then attaching them to alex jones so over the last several years you would try to tell people about chemtrails or cloud seeding and people would say to you oh what are you some kind of an alex jones uh listener yeah we are an alex jones listener ladies and gentlemen uh, i need you to get some bone broth get some super male vitality right here at mystoryinfowars.com slash boner pills slash boner pills uh but no i can see this uh this kind of shaping up here now trying to understand what actually happened during that time period goes on to say one psychology expert for the defense karen bronk froming concluded that kaczynski exhibited a quote predisposition to schizophrenia end quote another david vernon foster saw quote a clear and consistent picture of schizophrenia paranoid type end quote still another xavier f amador described kaczynski as quote typical of the hundreds of patients with schizophrenia end quote how did the experts reach their conclusions although objective tests alone suggested to froming only that kaczynski's answers were quote consistent with end quote schizophrenia she told finnegan it was kaczynski's writings in particular his quote anti-technology end quote views that cemented this conclusion for her Oh, so if you're against technology and for nature, you're a schizophrenic. Foster, let's continue. Foster, who met with Kaczynski a few times but never formally examined him, cited his, quote, delusional themes, end quote, as evidence of sickness. 
Amador, who never met Kaczynski at all, based his judgment on the, quote, delusional beliefs, end quote, he detected in Kaczynski's writing. And Sally Johnson's provisional diagnosis that Kaczynski suffered from, quote, paranoid type, end quote, schizophrenia was largely based on her conviction that he harbored, quote, delusional beliefs, end quote, about the threats posed by technology. The experts also found evidence of Kaczynski's insanity in his refusal to accept their diagnoses or to help them reach those diagnoses uh, yeah okay look at all that folks right there half of these people didn't even interview him and they're diagnosing him which frankly i believe that is unethical if you're uh, in the psychology field there uh number one number two they are saying he's crazy schizophrenic and paranoid because of his feelings towards the technological system Uh, i'd love to interview these people they're probably all dead now 28 years later and go hey look at klaus schwab and you've all know harari look at elon musk look at peter thiel look what our government's doing look at facial recognition look at genetic modification look at CRISPR. look at synthetic wombs look at all this stuff that we're doing look at brain chips look at mind uploading look at life extension look at immortality look at everything that's going on smart cities internet of things internet of bodies 15 minute cities look at all this stuff oh was he a paranoid person or was he just telling folks what was coming in the future if we didn't wise up and rise up against the technological slave system how would they answer that folks think about that over the break i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. You know who else the government and the media labeled as a paranoid schizophrenic was uh, Michael Hastings. And if you guys remember, Michael Hastings was the reporter who ended up driving his car into a tree and dying very interesting very interesting case you know we'll do we'll do a show on that on michael hastings because i'd like to bring in uh some information on that but yeah they they ran a smear campaign against him at the time that he was supposedly investigating john brennan who was the head of the cia this is shortly after he wrote a piece that appeared in rolling stone that ended up taking down stanley mccrystal Stanley McChrystal, high-ranking military gentleman, who uh, was in partnership with General Michael Flynn. And so uh, Michael Hastings ended up uh, thinking the government was chasing him. They were trying to take him out and then supposedly ends up driving at a high speed into uh, a tree and dying. And then they ran the smear campaign that he was paranoid. Well, if you were trying to take down the head of the CIA, do you not have a right to be uh, paranoid? God only knows what information he was getting. At the same time, he was texting back and forth with Joe Biggs, questionable on whether or not that guy was actually a, a double agent ratting out uh, Michael Hastings. And so um, 
He ends up dying, and then shortly after he dies, they send out a government goon, Richard Clark, onto television. And he tells the public, oh, yes, oh, yes, we have the ability here at the government to hack into your car and take control of the wheel and uh, drive it into a tree and kill you. It was almost warning other journalists that we're going to try to step out of line. So those are the other type of people that our government labels paranoid schizophrenics. Of course, all of the uh, so-called conspiracy theorists and tinfoil hat wearers are labeled as kooky, crazy, conspiracy theorists, uh, paranoid schizophrenics, you know, conspiracy theory a term that really came out of the jfk assassination anyone that wanted to question the jfk assassination in the official narrative was a conspiracy theorist and then of course obviously in covid land the high school theater production some of the greatest memes coming out of this now are conspiracy theorists <laughs> uh end up being right uh, a couple of years later just hold on hold your thoughts folks so uh those are the kind of people our government targets it goes on to say most claims of mental illness rested on the diagnosis of experts whose judgments therefore derive largely from their opinions of Kaczynski's philosophy and his personal habits. He was a recluse, a wild man in appearance, a slob of a housekeeper, a celibate, and from his refusal to admit he was ill. Thus, Froming, uh, thus Froming cited Kaczynski's, quote, unawareness of his disease, end quote, as an indication of illness. Foster complained to the defendant's, quote, symptom-based failure to cooperate fully with psychiatric evaluation, end quote. Amador said that the defendant suffered, quote, from severe deficits in awareness of his illness, end quote. So if you don't believe you have a willness, uh, an illness and you won't cooperate with psychiatrists, then you have the illness because you won't cooperate with them. You won't cooperate. So if they send in a psychiatrist to talk to me and I say, go screw yourself, I'm not talking to you, then I have an illness, right? It's like if you refuse to engage with a police officer without a lawyer present, then all of a sudden you're just automatically guilty because you won't talk to law enforcement. I mean, this is what it says here. But Kaczynski was no more unkempt than many other people on our streets. His cabin was no messier than the offices of many college professors and lawyers, folks. You ever been in a personal injury lawyer's office with files stacked up all around and all over the desk? I grew up in those offices, my father being a private investigator. It's disgusting what some of these law offices look like. It goes on to say the Montana wilds are filled with escapists like Kaczynski and me, says the author, celibacy and misanthropy are not diseases, nor was Kaczynski really so much of a recluse. Any reporter could quickly discover, as I did through interviews with scores of people who have known Kaczynski, classmates, teachers, neighbors, that he was not the extreme loner he was made out to be. And surely a refusal to admit to being insane or to cooperate with people who are paid to pronounce one insane cannot be taken seriously as proof of insanity why were the media and the public so ready to dismiss kaczynski as crazy kaczynski kept voluminous journals and in one entry apparently before from before the bombing uh, started he anticipated this question quote i intend to start killing people if i am successful at this it is possible that when i am caught not alive I fervently hope there will be some speculation in the news media as to my motives for killing. 
If some speculation occurs, they are bound to make me out to be a sickie and to ascribe to me motives of a sordid or sick type. Of course, the term sick in such a context represents a value judgment. The news media may have something to say about me when I am killed or caught, and they are bound to try to analyze my psychology and depict me as sick. This powerful bias should be born in mind in reading any attempts to analyze my psychology. End quote. Michael Mello suggests that the public wish to see Kaczynski as insane because his ideas are too extreme for us to contemplate without discomfort. And let's just point that out, folks. Trust me. Over the years, I've been called insane, including by my (laughs) ex-wife. She thought I was paranoid. Not until uh, COVID Land, the high school theater production kicked off, even though I was producing political content before. COVID Land kicks off. I express my opinions. I say they're going to mandate people to get the vax. This is going to get really bad. Um, I didn't think I was acting crazy, folks. I was saying, you know, she had had two kids that were my stepkids that I was raising, and I... uh, Started off COVID Land, the high school theater production, showing them the movie Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe, the boxer that had uh, lived through the Great Depression and how he taught his family to stick together and they would come out the other side. You know, that was my family movie for the beginning of COVID Land. And I explained to the kids, it's going to get very tough and we have to stick together as a family. The economy may crash. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we lived through. So was I crazy? No, I was not crazy. So what happens sometimes is you present these ideas, as you know, to folks. A lot of you write me and tell me this. They think you're crazy. Well, it's because they are comfortable living within the system. And they either do not recognize the dangers of the system, the long-term dangers on their health, the long-term dangers on their threats against their prosperity, and you're trying to pierce their worldview, their their normalcy bias, all right? And when you try to do that, most people are not going to be very comfortable. And so they're going to call you crazy. They're going to call you a conspiracy theorist. They're going to call you a tinfoil hat wearer, all these bumper sticker slogans they've been taught to call you. That's why you have to be very careful about how you talk about this stuff and who you talk to uh about it you know and how you frame it it's not crazy folks i mean we're only exploring the stuff coming out of the powerful folks that run the world there's nothing wrong with that if yuval noah harari says you have no spirit you have no soul you have no free will those days are over you are a useless human we will give you video games we will give you drugs you are a hackable animal who's the crazy one You or him, you're only trying to express to people that this man wields power and influence in the world of the elites who are actually the prison planet wardens of the technocratic slave system that we find ourselves living in. So who's crazier? Elon Musk, you know, once the richest guy in the world, he's obviously falling from that seat right now, talking about for hours at a time on Joe Rogan experience about drilling a hole in the back of your head 
cutting open the lining that covers your brain and sticking a brain chip down inside it and up, uh, uploading your consciousness to the cloud. Who's crazy, him or us? If you point out that that's terrible for humanity and will lead to the engineering of humanity out of existence, you're the paranoid schizophrenic? No, you're the sane one. Everyone else is actually crazy. Seriously. Seriously, folks. You should not feel guilty about this. He goes on to say, he challenges our most cherished beliefs, Mello writes. Quote, the manifesto challenges the basic assumptions of virtually every interest group that was involved with the case. The lawyers, the mental health experts, the press and politics, both left and right. Kaczynski's defense team convinced the media and the public that Kaczynski was crazy, even in the absence of credible evidence, because we needed to believe it. They decided that the Unabomber was mentally ill and his ideas were mad. Then they forgot about the man and his ideas and created a curative tale, end quote. Now, we're going to work our way through the rest of this article. You know what? Let me finish up this paragraph because it'll finish up this section here. goes on to say, Mello is only half right. It is true that many believe Kaczynski was insane because they needed to believe it. But the truly disturbing aspect of Kaczynski and his ideas is not that they are so foreign, but they are so familiar. The manifesto is the work of neither a genius nor a maniac, except for its call to violence. The ideas it expresses are perfectly ordinary and unoriginal shared by many Americans. It's permission, uh, or or it's uh, pessimism, over the direction of civilization and its rejection of the modern world are shared especially with the country's most highly educated. The manifesto is, in other words, an academic and popular cliche. And if concepts that many of us unreflectively accept can lead a person to commit serial murder, what does that say about us? We need to see Kaczynski as exceptional, madman or genius, because the alternative is so much more frightening, because it makes people look in the mirror. And it's not just the highly educated, as the author mentions. It was the feelings of a lot of folks in rural areas. Just look at it today. All right. You have highly educated folks who go out and talk about pollution environmentalism let's say they're not part of the grift let's say they're serious about ending pollution they're attacking big corporations government policies and they're serious about it and then you have folks in rural areas farmers that also talk about this stuff right people that want to escape to the wilderness so you don't have to be highly educated to agree with what kaczynski writes what he did is he created a thesis based on all this work that was out there summarized it into thirty-five thousand words which i find to be ingenious at that time he was able to express it now i'm going to say this i don't want to get myself into trouble i don't want you guys to think i'm crazy i'm not trying to disparage anyone but this is what i'm this is actually a point that needs to be made and i'm not justifying the uh, murder and the maiming of the folks that Kaczynski went after with the bombings. But he writes down, as we saw, that he was going to start killing people. He also looks at the scientists and the engineers, the folks I've talked about as we've reviewed technocracy and transhumanism over 143 episodes, as the enemy. He looks at them as the soldiers building the technocratic system. Now, if Kaczynski believed what I believe is that there's an intentional war on humanity and nature as a whole, 
And this eventually ends with the engineering of humanity out of existence, whether that is through depopulation, through uh, war that we start for that purpose, whether that's through I don't know, vaccines, whether that's just through replacing humans with robots and artificial intelligence. If Kaczynski sees this as a war on humanity, and he is going to lead the revolution, which is a war against the scientists, the engineers, the technocrats, the transhumanists, the bankers, whatever it may be, that are leading the war, if he makes a conscious decision to start killing people, as it looks like he did in his writings, does that make him any crazier than the politicians, than the uh, brass in the military, than the folks that sign up for the military to go out and kill people in a war to stop an ideology, to spread their ideology, or to do what they're really doing, which is controlling natural resources and pipelines and such. Does that make Kaczynski any crazier than they are? Because he looks at what he's fighting as a war against the destruction, the genocide of humanity and nature. So he starts to pick out targets, people that he sees as the enemy, that is coming after him, coming after humanity. What is the difference between folks that make decisions to go after an enemy? Let's just take all the wars in this country's history at face value, and let's say we were really going into Vietnam to kill people to stop communism, or we're really going into World War II to kill people to stop fascism, or we're going into Cuba or any other place, and we're trying to stop an ideology and spread democracy and freedom and liberty to the people, was Kaczynski not looking to spread freedom to the people? That is what he believed he was doing. The difference between Kaczynski, I would say, and any of this other stuff, is all the wars that we're fighting are fake. They're made up. And the real issue, I think we've pointed it out here through 143 episodes, is that the real enemy is not capitalism, not communism, not socialism, not really progressivism, not Marxism, not fascism. The enemy that we've all been wanting to fight but don't realize that this is who the fight needs to be brought against is technocracy itself. It is the entire system. And so if Kaczynski is the one who authored the paper, he pointed at the real enemy. And that's actually what scared the system. So does it make him crazy to have gone after the soldiers that he sees in this battlefield. If they are truly working to engineer humanity out of existence, meaning they declared war on humanity, then what he did, is it actually crazy? Or is he doing exactly what any other governmental structure would do? He is forming an army and starting to go after the enemy. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, folks. I'm just posing the question. When we get back tomorrow for episode 144, we're going to have Dana on the show. We're going to talk about the Bible. I'll bring some of this up to him because he's a very well-researched, well-read guy and get his opinion on this. Ladies and gentlemen, leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts if you can. Drop a comment there. We love those. Check out pain.tv slash gold. You could join for less than $9 a month. Think about making a donation at donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. You could chip in towards my homestead fund. I'd really appreciate that, ladies and gentlemen. I will keep bringing you this uh, mind-provoking 
information here. We'll keep analyzing the technocracy, try to help you figure out your escape from the matrix. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.